Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan, Panthers Insider. Going to wrap things up here. We've been on this topic of college football realignment, college athletics realignment, football being the driver. Obviously news coming out of Amelia Island this week. There were news of fights. There were news of the Magnificent Seven and the Unmagnificent Eight. There's a lot of conjecture, a lot of posturing, but obviously a lot of concern. A lot of concern because there's a significant financial gap between the ACC, the Big Ten, and the SEC. Now, what's important to note is the ACC is not the bottom of the barrel. Big 12, Pac-12, not quite as good of a deal as the ACC. Again, Pitt led all schools in the ACC in the 2021-2022 competitive year in terms of conference payout at $41.3 million. I think I said $41.8 earlier. That's incorrect. Another $500,000 unaccounted for, my bad. However, again, hindsight being what it is, it was, uh, wasn't scratching $10 million in the Big East back in the day. So quadrupling your, your conference media right revenue, certainly a, a big deal going to the ACC, but the stakes are higher now. The stakes are higher. The college football playoff is going to 12. As it currently stands, you're looking at two teams from each Power Five conference and two at large is what you're probably looking at. So if you're not in that Power Five, and if it becomes a Power Four or Super Three or what it is, if you're not at that seat of the table, the path fo- the path to a college football playoff, a national championship, at least through that lens, becomes more difficult. But let's let's go worst case scenario because I, I think that's where everyone's jumping which is Pitt doesn't have a seat at the table. Where are they going to go? That's the that's worst-case scenario. I don't believe that's going to happen. I believe the ACC finds a way, goes through tier revenue model, incentivized uh, revenue model, non, non-TV, so, so competitively based, performance-based, some sort of baseline TV revenue model that's supplemented with the opportunity to earn more. And it's been reported by the AD at Florida State that could be as much as $10 million for the top school. You go to 41.3 million, 51.3 million. Now you're starting to you're starting to close that delta a little bit more. What are those unique revenue streams? How does the ACC leverage those? They'll be incremental, but there's something. Because as we talked about with David Hale, his his Twitter thread, which was really insightful. I, I recommend you take a look at it. The idea of ESPN renegotiating amidst, you know, cuts and things of that nature is unlikely. It's unlikely. Plus, they pay they just paid McAfee a bunch of money, so they're 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 tapped out. I'm just kidding. But it's unlikely they're going to renegotiate with 13 years left on the contract. I could be wrong. So, what are those other revenue streams? I've heard pay per view discussed. I've heard streaming. There's all sorts of options. But let's just say it doesn't work out. Let's say Pitt is left without a seat at the table. Who else will be there as well? Who else will will, will not have a seat at the table? And how many players have, have come through Pitt that weren't offered by Power 5 schools, Super 3 conference schools, that have gone on to the National Football League, that have played in Acrisure Stadium against Cincinnati and West Virginia and Syracuse and Virginia Tech and Maryland and whoever else that would potentially get left out? Because I'm going to tell you right now, I mean, no Rutgers in Maryland in the Big Ten right now, but don't think they couldn't get the boot if someone better was on the table because they haven't exactly competed 
from a football standpoint in terms of winning. They're doing great financially, at least from a conference distribution standpoint. But what I'm saying is there's going to be a lot of quality football that needs to be played. Football that has a chance to put you in a position a la Cincinnati, I would say better than a Cincinnati, to be a consistent top 25 team and have a chance to make the playoff. Now, is the path harder if you're not in one of those automatic bid type leagues? Absolutely. And again, I don't think it's going to get there. But all I'm saying is it's not time to pitch the tent, shutter the doors, and say this is over. We, we seem to get into this cycle all the time with this realignment talk. And it's fair. You're always looking to defend your own. Right? Everyone cares about Pitt, wants Pitt to be relevant, wants Pitt to be on, a, on the national stage where it deserves to be. But I think it's important to, to realize that this isn't just about Pitt. There's a lot of other factors here, and there's other schools that are in a similar scenario. And that's why I, I always go back to, and again, I'm a, I played in the Big East. I love the ACC. I think it's been great for Pitt. Enjoy going to each one of the schools. I think there's been quality football in the ACC, produced a number of great players, seen them play in person. But, you know, football over the last 10 years, if you, if you look at the top 25, do yourself a favor. Take a look at the final top 25 standings over the past 25 years and look at the SEC's growing dominance along with a Clemson, a Florida State, there's so much talent down south. That talent is staying down south. But there's talent that's getting missed down south that's coming up north. And there's still talent in the northeast and midwest that you need to fight to keep. And I think the way you keep it is not by dividing. Not by West Virginia and Pitt and Penn State and Virginia Tech. It's not by splitting up. To me, it's by, by locking arms. And I know everyone's beholden to their conference, but I think we owe it to fans. I think we owe it to players in this region to start playing these games more consistently. You look at Pitt's schedule coming up. West Virginia is a consistent place in the schedule. I vote for it every single year. Pitt and West Virginia need each other more now than ever. Now more than ever. That game is important. Bob Pompiani and Josh Roundtree in the studio. Why don't we just do a whole new radio show? Here's the Pat Bostic Hour. Make it longer. You can cut. No, I don't want to do that for you, Josh. Because we could do some sort of combination of the Pomp Show, the Pit <laughs> Show, and Bucko Talk all at once. We could just find a way to merge it all together. That would be fun. That would be fun. But we're talking about this college football, you know, realignment stuff. And you know, my point, Bob, is just who knows what's going to shake out. But there's a lot of meaningful games that still will need to be played, regardless of what conference they're, they're in. And to me. It starts 45 minutes away from each other, Pitt and West Virginia. That went oh. dormant for a while. It went dormant for a while, and I think we found out last August that that game is really important. And that despite the differences, and again, as someone that's played in that game, that game is incredibly relevant. And there are other ones like it. We'll see what Cincinnati brings to the table. I don't expect it to draw like West Virginia. I'm not going to beat the Penn State drum because that, that, that drum gets beat yeah. by everybody else. But, man, are those games important. We saw it. And, Josh, the lead-up to it, right, Pat? It was unbelievable. That's what you want. No question. It's The game is the game. It's going to be a good game because yeah. they're, they're rivals. But it was the lead-up to it. We didn't get that with all those other games. That's, that's to me, 
the part of college football I love the most is the lead up, the day of, all the excitement. Yep. Whatever yeah. it can be. Yeah, I mean, I thought just the the parking lot beforehand said it all, right? I mean, yeah. it was just uh, a madhouse out there with the expectation yep. of it. And uh, yeah, I'm worried that you know, like what you were saying, Pat, that with conference expansion, there's going to be you're going to have to play so many games against your conference teams that non-conference rivalries like that you know if Pitt and West Virginia are not in the same conference if things do blow up which hopefully I hope that they don't but if they're not in the same conference like it's going to be hard for and I'm not not just speaking about Pitt and West Virginia I'm talking across the board it's going to be hard for those non-conference rivalries I think to remain because you're you're not going to want to play a top team in your non-conference if you then have to go play this rigorous conference schedule especially if you're an SEC team I mean think about if you're an SEC team you have Texas and Oklahoma now coming into your conference. I mean, you add that to what's already a strong yep. football conference. It's going to be really tough to play non-conference games anymore to justify playing non-conference games against, you know, powerful teams in other conferences. Yeah, well, you're going to see – I think you're going to see a, a – Money will win. There'll but... be a moratorium on these 1AA FCS games. They'll be you, – those will go away. I mean, to me, the backyard brawls every year. You have yeah, to do it. it should be. You, you have to do it. It's on TV. It's just about eyeballs. And if you're not in the SEC or Big Ten, you've got to make an impression to, to be up there. I, I, as things currently stand, you've got to play big games. You've got to play Tennessee. You've got to play West Virginia. You've got to play those games. And to me, again, I'd like them to be more local than not, right? I'd like to see Pitt. I'd love to see a schedule with Pitt, Penn State, and Pitt, West Virginia on it. No, oh, I think all of us you look at the eight, You look at the early 80s. Look at the schedules those teams played. Yeah. And it was independent, obviously. You were an Eastern independent at the time. There wasn't a conference affiliation. But it was Murderer's Row. Yeah. I mean, like a break was Rutgers, you know, or Temple. <laughs> yeah. and, the, and, the good thing is playoff expansion yeah. will help this, I think. that You know, it's not going to be like, oh, man, we we can't play a tough non-conference schedule because we might get left out of the four. Yeah. Now there's 12. There's a little bit more wiggle room. I would like 16, to be honest. But 12 is at least a good compromise. So real quick, now. what is your most likely outcome, Pat, of this whole thing with – I, uh, I mean, I heard, I saw all kinds of different stories. What was going on? As a, Amelia Island is a nice place. You have a lobby bar. <laughs> you don't expect to hear that kind of crap yeah. going on down there with these athletic directors and whoever yeah. else is involved. I, I for now, I don't see anything happening. I don't do see you? anything happening. I I think there's a lot of there's a lot going on right now that has athletic directors really nervous. Quite frankly, the um, obviously conference realignment being one of them, but also I mentioned earlier, there's a couple big lawsuits out there that have a lot to do with employment status for, for football and basketball players. You're looking at th- these, this, if that were to go in the direction of football and basketball players becoming employees, you're looking at tens of millions oh. of dollars annually. It changes the entire financial model of college athletics. The playoff is on the, on the horizon, expanding to 12. Teams are posturing, right? They, they, they know that the path is going to get easier, potentially to get into the playoff. Because it's it's a widened lens, it's a, it's more of an opportunity. So they're trying to get their money while they can, before things stabilize again. So I just think there's a lot of there's a lot that has ads nervous, presidents nervous right now, and the schools that have the most to gain are sticking their neck out and puffing their chest. Clemson, Florida State, could could one of them leave? Maybe. I'm gonna be very interested to see what happens to Texas and Oklahoma. I think they're gonna get their teeth kicked in. <laughs> quite frankly, in that, in, in, in that league. That's it might insane. take them some time. But I, I think, I mean, they Oklahoma's had the stranglehold on the Big 12 for a while, but but what they do last year, 
I mean, I'll be honest. I think the same thing's going to happen to USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten too. I don't think that they're ready to go play a noon kickoff at you know at Iowa when it's thirty degrees against what a school like that is going to bring on the field. Like I think that's going to be a huge adjustment for some of those teams, and, and the immediate returns, you know, might not be all that fun. What's for, the Coliseum in USC going to look like for you know for uh, USC Northwestern? <laughs> I mean. I mean, what's a lacrosse game between Rutgers and UCLA going to look like? I mean, and my question is, how are they going to how are they going to play these games? It's not going to be profitable. I can tell you that, right? But (laughs) right, there's just a lot going on right now, and this is the time of the year. This is that kind of vacuum window where everyone's looking forward to football. There's nothing to talk about. 